Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and it's that time of year again. Yes, the most wonderful time of year. Not, I am, I'm not talking about Christmas, although I am recording this on Christmas Eve. Uh, I'm talking about, of course, the time of year where we get to count down the top albums of the year. I do a top ten usually, and this year it was hard. Really, really hard. Uh, 2019 was an incredible year for music. There was just a wealth of good stuff that came out. Um, 2018, 2017, uh, there were a lot of albums that came out that I listened to, but like there was an, it was easy to kind of whittle down to like the ones that I was like, okay, these are the cream of the crop. This year it was really fucking hard. It was really fucking hard. Everybody brought their A game this year. And, uh, so what I did this year, um, I've, I'm going to do this traditional top 10 episode like you're listening to right now. And then following this episode shortly, hopefully no more than a week after I drop this, is going to be an episode with honorable mentions and a few other little, like, end-of-the-year stuff, cool tidbits I threw in there just because I wanted to talk about more music this year. So with that said, um, we're going to jump right in. Uh, starting with, of course, number 10. We're going to, you know, work to work from the bottom to the top. Um, and we're starting with an album that breaks a rule I usually have. And now let me explain. The, one, I, mean, I don't put that many rules on myself when I record these episodes, you know, these end-of-the-year episodes. Um, as long as it came out in the year, like, usually I'm fine, but I do usually do a cutoff point of, like, mid-November just because I like spending time with the album. Like, I feel like you need to be intimately familiar with the record to really, you know, include it on a best-of-the-year list and talk about it in that way, so... That's why a record like, you know, for example, that Harry Styles record that just came out, which is incredible, and you should go check it out, it's not going to make the list. It's barely been out a week, so it wouldn't be fair to some of these other records. But the first record I'm including, I'm allowing to break that rule, because this year was a big year for me with a certain band. That band was The Who. I've always loved, like, the songs by The Who I've heard on the radio, you know, Bob O'Reilly, Won't Get Fooled Again, Who Are You?, you better, you bet. You know, just a, I've always enjoyed those songs whenever they came on, but I've never dove into the band before. And this year, I finally did that. I finally like decided to like get some of their records, and I really got into them and really became a big fan of what they did. And I got to see them on their tour this year, the move, the Who's Moving On tour with a symphony orchestra, and it was just incredible. And I'll talk more about that in the next episode when I do my favorite concerts. But uh, yeah. So I was excited to hear that they had a new record coming out, and it almost didn't happen. Like there was a lot of back and forth, and even I was skeptic at one point because you know, I'd been I heard it was going to come out like you know close to the beginning of the year, and we were sitting I think in like September, and there was still there was no album artwork, there was no first single, like we just hadn't heard anything. But uh, it was finally announced the album was going to drop right at the end of November, and then I was like, okay, well maybe I should make an exception for this one because it's been such an important year of who music for me um and i've really been enjoying what they've done i should make an exception if it's good enough if it's a good album and really put some time into listening to it and then hopefully it makes the list um but then it got pushed to the first week of december and i was like fuck but i still wanted to talk about this so as much as i love this album and believe me i do love it uh the album is called who by the who by the way um, so it's just self-titled. Uh, it's at number 10 because I didn't think it was fair to put it above everybody else that had been out longer, that I've been listening to more. So 
even though it's at number 10, I still really enjoy this album. And had it come out earlier in the year, it would probably be higher up on the list. But yeah, this thing is incredible. Um, it's their first album of new, all new music since uh, 2006. They did like one new song in between now and then. And it's just inc incredible how well written this thing is. Like, they really preserved their classic vintage sound and brought fresh lyrical ideas to the table. Um, if this is their last album, which my guess is it, is it might end up being that way, I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, they're both getting up there, they're both getting older, and, you know, we had that scare with Roger this year, who knows how much longer we've got the Who around, and it took them this long to make this record. <laughs> but uh, it's a great record. Classic Who sound, um, a lot of good songs, All the Music Must Fade, Beads on a String is a beautiful melodic song. Uh, Ball and Chain is a great bluesy-ish -ish number. Um, I like Break the News a lot because to me it kind of takes like some of the modern like alternative sounds and blends it with the Who sound, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound like they're trying to like, you know, copy modern sounds. It sounds completely, you know, their own and fresh, and I love that. So yeah, number 10, The Who by The Who, and I'm going to play, I'm going to play Beads on, on a String. Uh, this is a very melodic, kind of sweet-sounding song from the album. Definitely kind of sounds like to me something that could have either been on Tommy or uh, Quadrophenia. Like I feel like it fit could like kind of fits the like you know singy songy concept album stuff that they've done in the past. So yeah, from uh, the Who's self-titled album, The Who, coming in at number ten. This is Beads on a String. <laughs> Don't you ever say never It don't mean a thing Join to get us together Like beads on one string There's always someone to blame You don't have to look far Now the world is a fleeing God's in the stars I don't care how your name is I just know that we shame him when we kill him his name This can go on forever This war in the ring Gotta bring us Oh 
Cause it don't mean a thing. Gonna get us together. Like bees on one street. Don't you ever see another? No, just don't mean a thing. on a string from the album the who um like i said even if even if that's the last album uh i hope it's not um because you know i'll take anything else i can get from pete because he can still clearly write great songs and roger can clearly still sing them so moving on to the next one this has really been the year of new music for me discovering new bands trying out bands i haven't tried out before and one duo i'd never tried out before is tegan and sarah um i've been told i would like their music uh, many times, but no one ever really gave me a reason why. They just thought I would. Uh, but they put out an album this year called Hey, I'm Just Like You. And I checked them out earlier in the year with their album Heartthrob. I was blown away and like kind of captured by that album. I love the kind of new wave-ish rock sound it had at times. Uh, sometimes they remind me of Blondie. Like the, they kind of have that like punchy, you know, keyboard and like, I call them jangly guitar sounds. Like Blondie had very jangly guitar sounds. So they kind of have that in their music but still kind of staying fresh they kind of come from the indie pop world and this album that they did this year on hey i'm just like you it's interesting in that uh it's made up of songs that they wrote while they were in high school um they put out a book this year about kind of like their experience in high school like for those of you that don't know that are listening to this tegan and sarah are are their twin sisters and they're also lesbians um so they had an you know an interesting you know growing up childhood i guess you could say and uh, the book High School kind of talks about that, like the struggle they had in high school. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I hope to. But these are so, but while they were writing that, they were kind of going through stuff they had, you know, from their high school days, and they found these songs, and they were surprised how good they were. So they kind of took them, retooled them a little bit, and recorded them for this album called Hey, I'm Just Like You. And I fucking love this thing. Oh, oh my God, is this thing great. It's... Uh, very melodic, uh, like I said, it has that new wavish rock sound at times. At times it's a little mellow, like you get a few more acoustic-y moments like towards the latter part of the album, but for the most part it keeps the energy going. Um, and there's a lot of really good lyrics on this thing. Like The thing that like took me back the most about it when I realized you know, there were songs written in high school is that um, you know, I'm sure most of us look back on like ramblings we wrote as you know, teenagers and kind of cringe, but these are actually really solid. Like, there's certain things in there, like, that were written, like, I remember remember hearing what they said and going, wow, I remember feeling that way, like, when I was, you know, that age. 
So it really captures it that captures it really well. So yeah, definitely an album worth worth checking out. It's my number nine pick. Um, I'm gonna play a song called "You Know I'm Not the Only One" that kind of, like I said, demonstrates that sound I like about them. It's got that new wave-ish rock sound. Uh, it's really punchy. You know, I'll even compare it to the Cars. Yeah, there I said it, and that's high praise coming from me. Like the like kind of like you know the Heartbeat City Shake It Up era of the Cars. You know, with female vocals, obviously. So give this one a check a check out if you have if you've never heard of them before. Definitely worth a listen. From the album, Hey, I'm Just Like You, this is Tegan and Sarah with You Know I'm Not the Only One. Dragging you down with backflips, you even Dragging you down with backflips, I'm upside down. That was Tegan and Sarah with You Know I'm Not the Only One. What a great song. Check out that record, and I will check out the book too myself. And may, who knows, maybe I'll do a Tegan and Sarah episode this next year. You never know. Anything can happen on the Sly Dog Music Cast. Let's move up to what's next. Uh, next, we're heading over to Germany.
Yes, my homeland. Well, I'm not really that German, but you know, that's kind of where my bloodline comes from. Anyways, Rammstein put out an album this year called, uh, well, no one's really sure what it's called. Is it untitled? Is it self-titled? So we'll just call it Rammstein. Um, I finally got to jump into this band this year. Um, it's funny. I've always known about their existence. Uh, everybody knows Du Hast. Du Hast Mick. <laughs> you know, that little strange driving heavy so industrial German song that seems to pop up at every sports event in the world. <laughs> I'm serious. When I went to high school, they would play that song when the girls' basketball team ran out. It's very, very much associated with sports for me. But um, I always thought that song was okay. I never really thought much of them until a couple years ago I went to see uh, Gary Newman. And they were playing music before, you know, the artist comes out, obviously. They play music, you know, while people fill into the venue. And uh, they played Rammstein's Engel, and that song really caught my ear. I thought it was really well written, you know. For a, for a band that writes in a language that I don't speak, like, their music is very catchy, and I can feel the emotion in what they're saying. Like, you know, he, like I can tell a song is going to be sinister or sweet by the way he's kind of delivering it, and that's, you know, really important. You know, it's not just, even though I'm not always sure what he's saying... Um, I feel an intent, and I think that's really, really important with music with when you deliver a song. So um, after that show, I went and I bought their album Censured. I bought a used copy, but it was scratched to fuck, so um, I really didn't get to listen to that one that much, and I kind of forgot them. But this year, they had a new record coming out. I'm like, okay, I'll give that a try, and I really dug it. Um, like I said, I love the passion in the vocals. You can feel it. Um, it makes you want to look up, like, what the lyrics mean, and I did with a lot of these songs, just to kind of, you know, understand what he's singing about. And it's really cool. Uh, like, a song like Diamant, it's a beautiful, kind of, like, heartbreaking ballad, and it's played on the bass guitar, which is incredible to me. I thought it was a guitar when I first heard it, but I just saw a live clip, and it's all bass and vocals, which is just cool. Uh, Pupe, which is, like, puppet, or doll, um, is a really dark eerie song about you know like the things like a doll or a puppet can see you know you've got these things sitting on your shelf and they can see like kind of the horrors that happen in everyday life maybe they witness a murder maybe they witness abuse you know you know and what do they think you know even though they're not living they see through these eyes it's really <laughs> that's a really fucking dark song there's uh zyke dick is a really cool song which is you know basically asking god to reveal himself it's a very you know it's, the album's, you know, heavy on, you know, driving guitars and interesting little, like, you know, keyboard stabs and almost danceable backbeats at times. And you've got Lindemann's just kind of straight delivery like this, yes. <laughs> but very, a uh, very cool album. I really dig it. Um, and it really pushed me getting into them more, much to my wife's displeasure. Um, but yeah, I dig me from Rammstein. And this new untitled, self-titled album, whatever you want to call it, is... I think it's a great record to start with, uh, if you want to check this band out. I'm going to play the opening track from the album, Deutschland, which is just kind of like a love letter to Germany for them. It's really cool. Um, and one thing I also want to note about this band is I've been watching a lot of live videos of them, and they have the most incredible stage show. Like, if you get a chance, go see them. Like, all kinds of pyro and special effects and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, this album's great. Um, if you like Nine Inch Nails or Marilyn Manson... Or uh, even if you've just heard like a few of their songs, like Do Host or America, like this is they're, this is worth checking out. It's really good. 
it'll hook you in. Like, even if you, like I said, even if you don't understand it, you're gonna want to hear it more. So, yeah, from Rammstein's self-titled album, this is Deutschland. <laughs> Mein Herz in Flammen 
was Rammstein with Deutschland. <laughs> All right, moving on to number seven, we've got Jeff Lynn's ELO with From Out of Nowhere. You've heard me talk a little bit about ELO on the show before. Shout out to my dad. Um, and this album is very appropriately titled From Out of Nowhere because it feels like that's where it came from. Usually when an artist is going to drop a new album, they kind of hint at it, and there's like months and months of promotion if they haven't been hinting at it. This one kind of just dropped out of, out of the clear blue sky, appropriately enough. Mr. Blue Sky gave us a new ELO album, and he gave us a really good one. Yeah, it seemed like the album was announced in the middle of October, and then it felt like, you know, maybe two, three weeks later, I got my CD in the mail. So, and I'm happy to say, this thing is incredible. Um, I liked the last record he did, Jeff Lynn's kind of comeback album, uh, Alone in the Universe. Um, it was pretty solid. Um, it was a little mellow at times for me, like, and none of the songs on that record were bad. It was just kind of, you know, felt samey at times. So I'm happy to report that this album kind of kicks things up a notch. It's a little more energetic and it just feels like a little more varied, which I think, you know, is something that would have saved the other record. But man, this is incredible. I will make a bold statement right now that this is the best album since time. And you can fight me on that if you want. But it's true. This is, in my mind, their best record, you know, since time. Maybe since Discovery. I think it's a really, really good album. Uh, it has, a it has, like I said, has that very, like, classic, punchy ELO sound. That, specifically that Discovery time era where they still had orchestral elements, but they were kind of more starting to focus on more being like a full rock band than having a lot of string elements in the music. And there's just so many good classic-sounding ELO songs on this record. One More Time, uh, the title track is great, um, Sci-Fi Woman, uh, Losing You is a great song, is a beautiful ballad, is just gorgeous. Like It's like telephone line type of song, gorgeous. All My Love, which is an older song that uh, Kent, he actually pulled out of the vault, dusted off, and put on the album. And I'm glad he did because that's one of my favorites on the record. Down Came the Rain is great. Uh, yeah, this record just fucking blew my socks off, man. It's great. It, if you love classic rock, if you love Electrolyte Orchestra, like this is a record you need to check out. It's short, sweet, to the point. It's about 32 minutes, like all great classic rock albums were back in the day and still are. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I, I don't have much more to say about this one other than like if you love ELO, you're probably going to love this album. And you're probably going to play it a lot. I know I've been, um, and I plan to keep revisiting it. So I'm going to play, I'm going to play Sci-Fi Woman. I love this song because, you know, it just seems like the perfect, you know, type of song Jeff Lynne should be writing. It makes me think of the Time album because, you know, that album was supposed to be kind of set in the future. It's supposed to be set in like, I think, 2095. So, yeah, this song makes me think of that. So from... The new ELO album from Jeff Lynn's ELO, technically, Jeff Lynn's ELO. This is Sci-Fi Woman. How the world has changed since you came along. How the time has flown as we travel on. As I look at
ELO with Sci-Fi Woman. Go check that album out from out of nowhere. At number six, I got a new band for you, The Glorious Sons, with their album War on Everything. Um, I saw this band open for the Struts, and I was blown away by this band. Um, the lead singer is very interesting. He kind of like you know prowls the stage. Uh, he doesn't talk a lot, but he has a lot of personality. Um, he has a great voice. It's both I'd say it's both tender and gruff at the same time. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Dave Grohl, the way he sings. So if you're any Foo Fighters fans out there, you know, this might be worth checking out for you. Um, but to me, they make dark music for happy people. They have an upbeat kind of classic rock vibe. Very guitar-driven, uh, but with a, definitely with a modern production sheen, you know, at times adding in some synths or some programmed drums, you know, which gives it that modern bend. But there's definitely, you know, a strong undercurrent of classic rock in this band, and I love that. Um, so yeah, this the album, like I said, is called "A War on Everything." Uh, they're out of Canada, and uh, they're just now kind of starting to break in the U.S. Uh, you might have heard uh, "Sawed Off Shotgun" on the radio from the last album. That's kind of taken off, and uh, "Panic Attack" from this album is doing pretty well as <laughs> well as well. Uh, yeah, so some of the highlights from the record: uh, the, the song "Panic Attack," the title track "War on Everything." Uh, Spirit to Break, Pink Motel is a beautiful, beautiful, like, guitar epic ballad to end the album. Kind of like, you know, remind, kind of like, you know, a slowish gospel type song. Kind of like Purple Rain in a way. Uh, the Ongoing Speculation into the Death of Rock and Roll is another great song. Yeah, these guys, I feel like they have, like, a great future ahead of them. Like, they could be, like, a band. Like, you know, everybody's talking about, like, who's going to be the band that kind of puts rock back on the map or puts rock back in the mainstream? And to me, it could be, you know, the Struts. I think they could do it. But this band, I think, also has a chance, too, because there's something very 
like I said, very vintage, but very new about this band. Kind of like, you know, the way Guns N' Roses were when they came on. They definitely had one foot in the current sound, but they were also very much based in the past. Like, they were a lot like the Stones. They were a lot like Aerosmith. And the Glorious Sons are kind of like that, too. They, they're a lot like Foo Fighters. They're a lot like, you know, who's another 90s band? There weren't that many bands like that in the 90s, so maybe that, that's not a good... I can't come up with another good comparison for them, but the Foo Fighters is a good one. Um, so, yeah, like, they, they could be that band, in my mind, to take things, you know, really bust out and, like, have a hit, because, like, they're just melodic enough to do it, but also just rock and roll enough to still be rock. So, yeah, War on Everything by the Glorious Sons, definitely worth checking out if you're a fan of rock and roll, if you're a fan of classic rock, if you're a fan of new rock bands, give them a try. I'm going to play a song called Spirit to Break It. It definitely highlights that dark music for happy people vibe. Lyrics are very bleak. A guy trying to win back a girl that like either like left him or maybe he left her and now he regrets it. You know, whatever the case may be. Like my favorite lyric in this song is I swallowed dad's pills, took a knife to my arm. I just started digging until your eyes took me under. Woke up in an ambulance two times over. Blowing kisses at Jesus. I came back for you, girl. Just <laughs> incredible. But the song is very upbeat and punchy and fun. So, yeah, these guys are great. So from the album War on Everything, this is The Glorious Sons with Spirit to Break. <laughs>
was The Glorious Sons at number six with Spirit to Break from A War on Everything. Great record. Uh, moving into the top five now. Yes. At number five, we've got Joe Elliott's Down and Outs with This Is How We Roll. This is their first album of original material. Um, for those of you who don't know who, who Joe Elliott's Down and Outs is, it's Joe Elliott of Def Leppard. It's his side project that he kind of started to cover uh, Mott the Hoople songs and Ian Hunter songs and kind of like songs that like are associated kind of with that band because he would do Ian Hunter solo stuff. He would do Mott the Hoople songs. He would do Mott songs, which is Mott the Hoople without Ian Hunter, you know. So they did two albums of that and they were pretty successful actually. Like uh, the first one had a bit of a radio hit with England Rocks. But this is the first one where it's almost all original material. There's one cover and it's surprisingly not related to Mott the Hoople at all. But it's cool to see them do an album of originals because they're a really tight band. And to me, this is Joe Elliott's love letter to 70s glam. Like, if you've heard him in an interview or listened to the Def Leppard covers record, yeah. You know how much he loves those, like, early 70s glam bands. The Sweet, uh, early David Bowie, uh, Mott the Hoople, T-Rex, uh, why am I blanking? Roxy Music, uh, early Electric Light Orchestra, stuff like that. So this album is kind of his love letter to that sound. And the album is just coded in like 70s guitars and piano and even certain songs, like I said, ELO, like there's certain songs that kind of feature almost an orchestral element to them. It's a really beautiful, lush album at times, but also a very hard driving rock record at times, which a lot of those like 70s glam records were like that. And that's kind of what made that sound so cool. So I'm glad he got to make this record. Um, another thing I love is it's also coded in David Bowie references. Obviously, Joe Elliott is a huge David Bowie fan. He did a, one, The song Goodnight, Mr. Jones is an entire tribute to David Bowie with all kinds of references to his career and songs that he's done. But in other parts of the record, there's like other references to him too, like the song uh, Creatures. Uh, he says, we all need the sweet love of the alien. Loving the alien's a Bowie song. Um, he does a full, like, kind of Bowie lyric melody type kind of pickup in that song. Like, he's comedian, Corinthian, corruptible, got nothing left to lose. Uh, that's the down and outs lyric. The David Bowie lyric is, com is my brother is comedian, Corinthian, caricature, caricature, and Jew. So I thought that was a cool little tri tribute. Like, he kind of sticks these little, like, references to, like, the past in these songs. So, yeah, it just makes the record fun to listen to. Um, I could list like a bunch of highlights on this record. The title track, This Is How We Roll, is really good. Good Night, Mr. Jones, Last Man Standing is a beautiful orchestral number. Boys Don't Cry. Uh, and the one cover song on the record, White Punks on Dope, which is a tube song. Uh, I, I used to say my favorite version of this was Motley Cruz, and it might still be it, but this is a pretty damn close second. Because he does it really well. Um, and I gotta mention one of my favorite lyrics on this album too, in the song Last Man Standing, like this line gave me chills, uh, if wishes were horses, then beggars would ride. Just that line is just incredible to me. So yeah, this is a great record. Um, if you're a Def Leppard fan, you'll probably like this actually. It's not too far off base from what Def Leppard does. Um, and if you're just looking for some like classic, you know, 70s glam rock, this is a good record to listen to too. So I'm going to play one of my favorite songs. I'm going to play the song Creatures. Uh, and it's kind of like, I love this song because it feels like it's like a circus kind of, or a parade kind of coming down the street at you. And it feels like you're going on a journey. It's a really cool song. So I'm going to stop talking. 
from the album This Is How We Roll. This is Joe Elliott's Down and Outs with Creature. <laughs>
That was Joe Elliott's Down and Outs with Creatures from the album This Is How We Roll. Go check that out. Up next, we got the Black Star Riders with Another State of Grace. Yes. Album number four for the Riders. They keep knocking these things out of the park, man. Like every album since their second one, which is when I got into them, has made my top ten every year. And this year's no different with Another State of Grace. This one's a little different. Um, first off, Damon Johnson is out of the band. Uh, he left to pursue a solo career, and they replaced him with Christian Martucci of Stone Sour. So I wasn't sure what to expect going into this album. Like Their last album, Heavy Fire, to me at least, had a very heavy metal sound to it. Like It was definitely like a little heavier than the first two records. You know, the first two records were very guitar-driven, but they kind of like had, you know, they were more like based on that Thin Lizzy sound. Third record was definitely a metal record, and that's probably why they toured with Judas Priest on that album. And by the way, I saw that tour. It was great. Uh, so, yeah, back to another state of grace. Uh, first album with Christian Martucci. What did we get? Well, this album's more 70s flavored, actually, which is a nice surprise to me. I feel like it's a nice throwback to the classic Thin Lizzy sound and some of like the sounds of like the late 70s. For example... You've got Tonight the Moonlight Let Me Down, which is the opening track on the album. It's very Springsteen-esque, very big and grand. Um, even as like a, like I said, I said Springsteen-esque. It has a saxophone solo in it. You know, I could very easily hear Clarence Clemens playing. Um, Soldier in the Ghetto kind of like has these like funky synclavier sounds in the song, which is really cool. Um, Why Do You Love Your Guns is another highlight. It's a bit of a sad song about, you know, the gun problem we have in America right now. Um, and like, like always, Ricky Warwick just writes these incredible hooky lyric songs with great lyrics. Um, he really is kind of like a modern day, like just, you know, troubadour, like just writing songs and just going like when he's not touring with Black Star Writers, he's touring with a solo project or he's going around doing acoustic shows. Like he, the guy never stops. And that's just incredible to me. And this record is just a testament to his great songwriting. Um, so many highlights here. I can't wait to see where they go next, by the way. Like, they're a band that I'm always excited. Like, the second they announce a new album, I have pre-ordered it no matter what. I don't need to hear the first single. I just know it's going to be good. But uh, my favorites include Tonight the Moonlight Let Me Down, uh, the title song, Ain't the End of the World, Shadow of the War Machine, and uh, Poison Heart. Uh, another interesting thing to note is, you know, everybody knows about the band's connection to uh, Thin Lizzy. You've got Scott Gorham of uh, the original... Well, not the original Thin Lizzy band, but the classic lineup in this band. Um, and it seemed like he didn't write as much on the last two records, but on this one, man, he wrote quite a bit. Shadow of the War Machine, uh, Ain't the End of the World. Like, he was definitely a little more involved in the writing process this time around. And I think that's kind of what helped give this record that classic 70s sound. He really brought that, you know, Thin Lizzy-esque, you know, two-guitar tone sound without you know going too over the top and heavy to this record and that shows and i think that's really cool so just a great record from the black star writers all, all their records are great i recommend going back and listening to all three if you haven't heard them yet uh to those that have and you haven't checked this one out yet go give it a listen i'm gonna play the closing track on the album poison heart great melodic song and great way to end the record like to me you know Everybody says, like, oh, usually the worst songs at the end of the record. And I don't like it when people say that because I feel like your record needs to end with a strong, you know, song that makes you want to play the record over again. And this is what that album does. Poison Heart is catchy. Um, it's got a great lyric. You've got a poison heart. Salt and Sugar look the same, you know. 
just about some someone that you know can't always see the positives and things you know and in a time like this you definitely need a little positivity so from the album another state of grace this is the black star writers with poison heart you got a poison heart you got Poison Heart from their album Another State of Grace. Coming up next, we finally move into the top three. And what better to start things off than with a little 
spooky visit from the Hollywood Vampires. Yes, their new album, Rise. Um, anybody that knows me should not be shocked this made my list, and, and they should also not be shocked that it's so high. This is the second album for the Hollywood Vampires. It's a, for those of you who don't know who they are, although I feel like you should, um, they're kind of like a super group. You've got Alice Cooper, you've got Joe Perry from Aerosmith, you've got Johnny Depp in the band. Uh, for a while you had Duff McKagan, but he's not in the band anymore. Uh, but those are kind of like the three, you know, big names in the band. And uh, this is their second album. Their first one was like mostly originals, and it was them paying tribute to like the members of the original Hollywood Vampires, which was a drinking club at the Rainbow, I believe. And, you know, that was, you know, people like Harry Nielsen and uh, Randy California, uh, Keith Moon from The Who. Uh, why am I blanking? Uh, John Lennon, uh, Mark Boland from T-Rex. You know, people like that. It was an album paying tribute to their dead drunk friends, as they called it. But there were two originals on there, and those were really good. So I was hoping that eventually we'd get a full album from the Vampires. And here we have it. And there's still a few covers on here, but it's mostly originals, and I love that. Um, one thing that's different is uh, Johnny Depp wrote most of the lyrics. And, you know, Alice Cooper is an incredible songwriter. He's an incredible lyricist. He's an incredible vocalist. So it's interesting to see him kind of turn the reins over to Johnny Depp, if you will. And Johnny wrote some good, dark, punky lyrics. It's full of attitude. Um, you know, he even wrote some songs that, in my opinion, they're straight out of the Alice Cooper playbook. Boogeyman Surprise is a great song. Definitely could have been an Alice Cooper song. New Threat, uh, Mr. Spider, those are straight Alice Cooper songs in my mind. You've also got some, you know, more straight-up punky stuff with uh, I Want My Now, uh, What's the, why am I blanking on these song titles? I should have written some of them down. Uh, I actually did, but uh, there's... Uh, I want my, who, who's Laughing Now? That's the song I was trying to think of. Like That's a very interesting song you've got to have Alice Cooper singing. Uh, it's very different, and it's probably one of the best Donald Trump disses of the year. <laughs> yeah, fuck that orange fuckhead. Uh, but yeah, my, the highlights include uh, I Want My Now, Boogeyman Surprise... Joe Perry sings uh, Johnny Thunder's song, Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory. That's just great. Uh, we Got a Rise. Welcome to Bushwhackers, which features uh, Jeff Beck on guitar. It's kind of like a cool country rock type song. Kind of westerny, but it's like, you know, about a bar fight. To me, it sounds like, you know, it's like a, it's like an aging rocker, kind of like being, like, you know, asserting that he still as awesome as he was. It's a, It's just a funny, fun song to me. Um, so yeah, it's a different record than what you kind of expect from someone like a Joe Perry or Alice Cooper, but it's a lot of fun. It's a great rock record. Um, like I said, it's punky, it's in your face. Um, there's even a cover of like the classic, uh, punk song, People Who Died, that's got Johnny Depp singing it, <laughs> which is interesting. He doesn't have a lot of range, but he, do he sings pretty well. It's entertaining at least, like, you know. You can, you, can, you can sing a wrong note, but if you don't sing without passion, then it doesn't mean anything. So he's kind of can't sing, don't care. And that's really cool. Um, I'm going to play Welcome to Bushwhackers, actually, just because I think the song is so goddamn funny and so goddamn catchy. Um, Johnny, I guess, wrote this about, you know, visiting, like, a bar in the South. And I guess, like, they had, like, a gaze with guns night or some bizarre thing like that. It's really weird. So, like, that was kind of partly the inspiration for this setup we're in. Uh, so from the album Rise by the Hollywood Vampires, this is Welcome to Bushwhackers. <laughs> 
Hollywood Vampires with Welcome to Bushwhackers. Go check that record out. Uh, we're finally moving into the top two. Uh, we've got up next Blink-182 with their album Nine. Yeah, Nine, yeah. <laughs> I had to do a little German there for, for you because Rammstein. <laughs> Anyways, this is maybe album number nine for them. It depends what you count as a demo and what you count as an album. But uh, they're calling it Nine. Um, this is the follow-up to the ma to the massively successful California album that came out a couple of years ago. Um, and it's their second album with Matt Skiba on vocals instead of uh, Tom DeLonge. And I remember like a lot of people liked California, but there was also a, bit, a lot of people that were like, eh, this is too much like the old stuff because, you know, you can't make everybody happy. And then you do an album that sounds different and then you still can't make everybody happy. But uh, I, I digress. There was a lot of speculation going into this one. Like, what's it going to sound like? Um, the first single had like kind of some electronics meshed with rock sound going on. So a lot of people were like, oh no, this thing's going to suck. And I actually just decided like, cause there was a lot of, you know, internet hate about it going on. I wasn't going to listen to anything until the album came out. And I was able to do that. Actually, I was able to avoid hearing all but one single before the album came out. Um, I ended up seeing the video for dark side at one point and I really like that song. Uh, it's great. Uh, and this record exceeded my expectations. I wasn't sure what to expect, but whatever I was expecting, it wasn't this. It's kind of a throwback to the, the untitled Blink-182 album. It's like I said, that rock instruments mixed with, meshed with electronics type sound, playing with loops and samples and keyboards, you know, while still keeping that rock edge in there. Um, Matt Skiba has a stronger vocal presence this time than California. I felt like on California, Mark Hoppus sang a lot. Which, it's not like he didn't sing before, but it, he didn't sing as much as he did on that record. Uh, dark lyrics, they are really on some emo shit, as the song says. <laughs> uh, highlights include Heaven, First Time, I Really Wish I Hated You Right Now, Dark Side, Black Rain, and the aforementioned on some emo shit. This album is incredible to me. Like Blink-182 has proven that they're going to be one of those bands that, you know, they're going to be like a classic band. They're going to like go up there in the annals of rock history with the greats. Because they've been around for almost, you know, actually probably more than 20 years now. They've been making music, which is incredible when you think about it. Because to me, they're still like a new band. Uh, I guess not anymore, but <laughs> yeah, they're still out there. They're still doing it. They're still making great pop punk. It's still changing new things and like trying to like, you know, what else can we do with this sound? And I love that about them. They're not just comfortable staying in one lane. What else can they do? What else can they put in the giant pot of music they love to make it sound cool and different? And I like that. And I'm about to pay this album a very, very high compliment. This album, right here, it's kind of like Heartbeat City by The Cars. And what I mean by saying that is, The Cars' Heartbeat City to me is an album where what they did is they took everything about The Cars and they kind of melded it with that new technology they had at the time like the new synthesizers and samplers and sequencers like what can we do with this this album nine by blink 182 is kind of similar they're trying all these new you know like cutting up tech cut up techniques and loops and samples and probably different synthesizers different plugins on you know recording software to get these different sounds uh travis barker is playing you know with different drum kits and you know, drum pads, you know, to get like these really cool sounds out of his kit. And I think that's really cool. Like it's a really innovative thing to do. And I think this album, you know, 
is in its own lane, and it's proven to be actually very well received so far. You know, some people, of course, are like, "Ah, eh, too much electronics," eh, but it's been more successful than it had than like it's you know had negative reviews at this point. So, yeah, I think this is a great record. I can't recommend it enough. Um, even if you've never heard Blink before, I think this is worth checking out. I think there's some really great songs on here. There's some really great lyrics. Um, I'm gonna play the song Heaven. Uh, it's a really it's kind of similar to The Glorious Sons in that it's an upbeat, catchy song, but once you figure out what this song's about, you're going to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> so from the album Nine, this is Blink-182 with Heaven.
was Blink-182 with, with uh, Nine. The album is Nine with Heaven from the album Nine. A great song. Check them out. Give them a chance. Great band. Uh, so, yeah. Before I move into my number one, I just want to thank everybody for listening and also let you know, like I said, at the top of the episode, honorable mentions are going to be their own separate episode. I'm going to play songs from those honorable mentions. Um, I've got a few other little like awards I'm giving out this year, you know, best concert and stuff like that. So yeah, before so I just want to thank you for listening. It's been a great year for the Sly Dog Music Cast. Uh, more fun coming in 2020. I hope to get more interviews, um, more episodes with Drew coming. Um, Mark Mark Berman's going to be returning. Hopefully, uh, we'll see what next year brings. But it's going to be a fun one. So, with all that said, my number one album of the year, 2019, and it shall go down recorded that this is my number one album of 2019. Alan Parsons. The Secret. Man, I have been excited since this album was announced last year. I have been building this thing up in my head, and thankfully, I was not disappointed. Um, Alan Parsons is from, of course, the Alan Parsons Project. And if you don't know who the Alan Parsons Project is, I'm sorry your parents failed you. Um, if you're a younger listener, um, if you're an older listener, um, then they're the band that's saying Eye in the Sky. Uh, they were kind of like, so Alan Parsons Project was two men. It was Alan Parsons, obviously, and it was a guy named Eric Wolfson. And what they kind of did is they wrote these great, beautiful pop, prog rock songs, and they'd put like people together to like sing and play these songs. Uh, sometimes they would play or sing them themselves, uh, but usually they picked out like the best musicians they could find to perform these songs. So in my mind, Eric Wolfson and Alan Parsons were kind of like modern day pop music, you know. Bach or Beethoven's, you know. They could write and play instruments really well, but ultimately they composed and let other people bring their compositions to life, which is really cool if you think about it. Like, how many other, you know, acts in music are there like that today? You know, where, like, it's masterminded by these two people and, and they, like, get together, like, who they think are the best, you know, people to, like, you know, perform these compositions they've written. You know, I think that's really cool. It's really interesting, too. Um, and they're a band that uh, my dad obviously got me into uh, when I was growing up. He was actually just kind of, you know, checking out their albums at the time for the first time, too. Like, he'd heard them on the radio in the 80s and stuff, but he was really diving into them at the time. So when he got Eye in the Sky and Ammonia Avenue and Turn of the Friendly Card, he played me those albums, and I really liked those. And I've gotten into the band over the years as well. Um, and this record did not let me down. Uh, the Alan Parsons Project broke up in like 87, 88. So it was, he, Alan's been solo since then. Eric Wolfson uh, did some plays. He did a couple solo records of his own. Uh, sadly, he passed in like, I want to say 2009. I think he passed. Uh, this, is, this is Alan Parsons' first uh, full studio album in 15 years. And uh, it very much feels like a throwback to that classic Alan Parsons Project sound. Um, it's really incredible how much it is. Like some of these songs, like uh, Miracle, As Lights Fall, to me, those two songs especially, you could put those on any of the, like, you know, classic Alan Parsons albums, like Turn of a Friendly Card or Eye in the Sky, and I think they would have been huge hits. Uh, the concept of the album, every Alan Parsons album kind of has a theme, and this one is kind of magic and magicians, which is really cool. Uh, you also get uh, Alan Parsons, you know, first vo lead vocal on a song. Uh, he's never sang a lead before, but he did on this record, which is really cool. 
Um, he has a few different singers on the album. Uh, he's been, he even has a guest vocalist. Uh, that would be Lou Graham, a form well, formerly a foreigner, but uh, he has Lou Graham sing on a song called Sometimes, and it's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, this record, you know, was it's like an escape. Uh, my favorite albums are where you can like escape into kind of like the world of the album, and this album is no exception. Like a lot of the Alan Parsons Project classic records are like that. You can jump into them, like the world you're inhabiting, kind of, and that's really cool. Uh, Miracle, As Lights Fall, Sometimes, Years of Glory, Soiree Fantastique, I Can't Get There From Here. So many great songs on this thing. And I get to see Alan Parsons live next year, and I hope he plays a lot of his record because I think it's fantastic. Um, I think it's really cool that he was able to come back after all this time and still put out an album of this caliber and put this much care into an album and, you know, keep that classic spirit alive like i think if eric wolfson were still here he'd be very impressed with this album um i'm gonna play the song i can't get there from here this song is really beautiful to me and it kind of like ties the whole magic magician story together like you know the idea of the song it is you know take a chance in life you know no one's gonna you know cry for you if you don't take a chance you gotta if you want something bad enough you gotta go out and get it and the song is just beautiful. It's a great way to end the record. It's very, you know, uplifting and it feels good. Um, kind of reminds me of time off of Tournament Friendly Card in some ways. Uh, but yeah, this is just a great record. Um, if you've never heard of Alan Parsons Project, this is a good record to jump in on, in my opinion. Even if you haven't heard the classics, you're going to get what he's very much about from this album. So without further ado, thank you for listening. I'll see you in part two. For now, this is Alan Parsons with I Can't Get There from Here. Seize the day That was what you always told me Find a way You would say as you would hold me Get away Inside, but didn't show, and now we don't know how to let go. I can't get there from here, and you can't get here from there, and we can't go
listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.